0: What's up? What's up? What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Guys, we are back in the building, rocking and rolling episode 163. And we are going to be talking today about acceptance. Do you believe or think that we ever truly get to a place of acceptance when it comes to the losses of our loved ones? This conversation came up. Through some dialogue that I had this past week, and it got me to thinking. I don't know if I've shared this before, but I have a pretty long commute to work. So I'm generally in the car one way, about an hour, and 40 minutes to two hours. So I guess that's about 170-something miles per day. A lot of time by myself to think. I listen to music depending on how I feel, but for the most part, I'm a drive-in-silence podcast, shout-out-to-the-podcasters kind of person. So after having this conversation, I was thinking to myself in my commute about it and it was like, you know, I talk about the five stages of grief and one part of it is acceptance and I've argued against those and how I just don't feel that grief is linear and that it can be put into these stages or this, this caging or this kind of group, if you will. So when I'm talking about the loss of a loved one and a friend and I've I've experienced some significant losses over the last couple of years and it's like, I think I know if this makes sense that people pass away clearly because they're not here anymore in the physical sense. But I don't know. It could be just me. But I feel like when it comes to the word acceptance, that means that I am actually OK with it or to an extent at peace with it. And I'm really not. And what I was told someone is that, you know, when you. When I have to come to the word acceptance and what it looks like on my journey, it's not so much accepting the losses, but it's accepting that my life as I knew it will no longer be the same. So I felt good about that. I'm like, hey, that's a powerful statement. It's not about trying to get to this place of accepting that they died, but it's accepting that my life as I have known it to not be the same. Okay, cool. Mic drop. Gems. Healing gems. Okay, J. Nicole, I see you. But what I really thought about that in in regards to that part is I say that my life may will never be the same. And I think that statement, though, could basically give a negative connotation, some kind of negative feel or or doom and gloom to it, like, oh, I'll never be the same. Life's not the same and all of these things. And so while I do mean that, I want to elaborate what that could mean if someone else says it or what I'm saying it. And maybe you could look at it for your life. There's a lot that has changed in my life from from losing my grandmother and losing my father that have that changed a lot about me. And it's more so voids that I have and so I have to now live life. We some of us like myself, you guys may have to live life now with a void, a void that it seems there's nothing that can fill it. That has been the biggest life change. That is the biggest my life as I knew it won't be the same feeling is that I have this void that just will not be able to be filled. And that's hard. So it's not that my life won't be the same in terms of I just have this bad life and and everything is just upside down and there is no joy. There's just all doom and gloom. And that's not true. I've been able to live through different things and have different experiences and enjoy different parts of life, even though I've lost these people. But in some regard, that spark, the same fire and willingness, I think that propels you when you do feel filled up, when I'm feeling filled inside, which I no longer feel in some areas of my heart and inside of my my internal makeup because I don't have those people. I don't have that extra fight in some areas. And it took a while for me to even get back to pursuing and chasing some of my dreams and things that I wanted to accomplish and do because it just didn't seem as important or as worth it because of the fact that these people aren't here anymore. How many of us out there, you felt so much more empowered in life before you lost your mom or your dad or your children or your siblings? And so things won't look the same. But it doesn't mean that they can't be good. It doesn't mean that goodness can't come from it. It's just that it, it, it always kind of comes back to that. So I feel like if you fully accept something then do we have to really go back and forth about it in our hearts and our minds? do we have to have this internal fight with our thoughts and conflict from then or do we just say, hey I'm at listen, I accept these losses and I'm at peace with it and this is what it is and life has to go forward And maybe my interpretation of acceptance and is not what yours is but for me that's how I would feel and I don't feel like that. Because also in the lack of the acceptance in certain areas comes a lot of room for anger. Because that angry part and that frustration, it's not, it doesn't have an expiration date. There are some days where I I do feel angry. Um, I've said before that anger has not been a big part of my experience with grief. But there are moments where I do feel robbed. And so because I feel robbed, it makes me feel a little angry. I feel like, man, that was a young age to lose a parent. Jeez, I don't think that my friend should have passed away at 25. Most recently, I had a friend that passed away at 31. And then my grandmother didn't make it to her 80th birthday. So a lot of that all kind of comes together. And when I talk about the five stages of grief, it's not that I don't think that we experience those emotions, the denial, the bargaining, the anger, the acceptance, all of those things. Not that I don't think that, it's just I don't think they go in a straight line. So you're probably like, okay, I thought you said you don't agree with the five stages, but you're talking about anger and you're talking about acceptance for sure. I don't know if the lack of feeling fully accepting means that I'm in denial or means that a person is in denial because I'm I'm aware that it happened. I'm aware that it happened, but I'm not really okay with it. And I don't always... I'm not always operating in a mindset that keeps that reality at a forefront. So it could be like, you know, someone died, but you're not thinking about it every day. You're not thinking about it every second. But then when it comes back into your mind, it just comes over you like just just this wave. And that can bring a heck of a lot of sadness and fear and and the tears and everything and a panic just sets in. So it's those moments where it's like, okay, I know my dad passed away. Then I'm sitting here putting something together for my daughter's room. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like my dad's not here because he was a handyman. And so it's like it, it, it draws me to him. So I enjoy doing these things because it brings that connection. But it also becomes an instant reminder that he's no longer here. And so then in those moments, I, it's more in the forefront of my mind. But like every single second, I'm not necessarily thinking that even though I am aware that it happened. So I don't know if that makes sense to you. I'm trying to communicate it that the real highlight of what I wanted to talk about was the accepting that my life won't be the same, but not meaning that the different life is bad. It doesn't necessarily mean that the different life is something that is completely negative. I will also say it's such a lifelong process that every season can be different. It's a lifelong process, so every part of it can be different. The crisis part of it can subside, so when someone first passed away, it could be extremely intense, very overwhelming pain. And a year from now, it still could be, or it couldn't. In my experience, the crisis aspect of it did subside with each loss. Some took a little longer than others, depending But the pain and the heartache and the devastation that comes behind it is still there. It's definitely playing in the background. It's definitely lingering there somewhere. So the goal isn't to move on. The goal is to learn to grieve well. To integrate those losses into our lives. What can my life look like? Still look decent. Still look similar as close to I wanted it to be as possible prior to these losses. What does that look like? What do I have to do? What does healing look like to me? What does that maneuvering look like to me? I think these are all things, but communication is such a big part of this healing journey that it feels good to be able to have dialogue with folks and it be so unapologetic and raw in a sense of like, hey, I don't accept this. I can't accept it every day. I don't want to have cliche conversations and I don't want to encourage a society that way. I don't want it to be like, oh, you have to come to acceptance. You just need to accept this because it is what it is. You're not going to be able to change it. There's nothing that can change it. This is just how it is. While that can be true, that there is nothing that we can do about it, it still hurts like hell. It still hurts it's still difficult to maneuver life. It's still difficult to keep going in the face of one of the most devastating experiences that you could absolutely go through in your life. And so being able to have people that you can talk to about that and be very open with is a beautiful thing. Recently, I've been contacted to have conversations with a couple of people. Well, well, really wasn't specifically asking me to have the conversation, but asking for a grief therapist or just a therapist that could help help this person. And I first felt like, oh, wait, I don't I don't know anyone directly. Like, do I know someone that I'm thinking like, you know, I'm not a therapist, but I am someone that that will have a raw conversation with you and not coddle anyone in their grief. I want to be honest with you. The pain will be there. But I also want to give you hope. It can subside. It can subside. We do have, I I do encourage people to speak to a therapist for sure if you have access to it, but not everybody does. Not everyone can afford sliding scale and not everyone has medical and health insurance. So sometimes we do just need to have that conversation and remember that we're not alone. Have someone who has been through some of the deepest parts and now are looking like at least appear to be a little bit healthier a little more whole, a little happier, and then seeing what that looks like and hey, say, hey, you know what? Maybe I can get to that point. I'm right here right now. I'm broken right now, but, but there's hope that I can feel better. And I think that's what we show each other when we have open conversation. This is what I'm going through. This is what you're going through. This is how I handled it. This is how I handled it. And then you just take little pieces of it all and put it together. And before you know it, you're feeling better. Before you know it, you're feeling more hopeful. Because nothing has helped me more than being in the in the trenches, being deep in some pain. But then seeing like this big, just this little bit of hope can really help you push forward. It can really help make that journey. And by that journey, I mean the healing journey, the grief journey, this experience of mourning the loss a little more tolerable, a little more tolerable because, I mean, let's be honest. We're expecting to do life without people that we've only done life with. It's such a pain to think about picking up a phone and calling someone that you want to talk to. And no matter how many times you call, no matter how many messages you would leave, there's never going to be a return call. Those realities are painful. They're extremely devastating. How difficult is that to process? It's hard. It's hard. And I've been speaking mainly to adults and, and about adults. But imagine youth. Imagine younger people trying to process this. My friend had just passed away. Her daughter was 12 years old. Is 12 years old, excuse me. What will her journey look like? I have someone else that I know in my life that lost their mother when she, when she was about 12. She's she's in her 30s, late 30s, and it's still so difficult. we talk talking decades. It's a hard loss. It's a hard loss. We've got to speak up more for this community. We've got to advocate for the bereaved. When we talk about the mental health aspect of life, this is a big part of it. And because, again, it's not necessarily classified as an illness or Some sort of disorder, even though I think in the DSM-5 they made those changes, but widely recognized. I think grief is underestimated. You're asking people to accept, as we're going back to the word acceptance, their worst nightmare. We We are asking people to return to work after facing one of their worst nightmares within three to five days. Dependent on the relationship, that's a whole different problem for another day. But this is what ex- is expected of us. From a religious standpoint, this is a part of life. If this is the way that you believe, if you are a believer and you believe certain certain doctrine, some faiths believe that death is a part of life and that people who die are actually in a better place than here. They're actually at peace and, and we're not. And so they actually have the better end of the deal. But from a flesh standpoint and from a family member standpoint, a friend standpoint, who has to still kind of work through this, that's hard. To ask and require the acceptance. And I I want you to know that it's hard to put that pressure on yourself. To feel as if you have to be at a place of acceptance because you were present at a funeral. Because you read an obituary, because you saw a Facebook post. Heck, you might even have went to a burial and watched the casket go on the ground. It does not mean that your heart and mind are on the same page to accept that loss and what that actually means for your life and the lives of those around you. Do not allow anyone to push you along faster than you feel like you can go. Do not let anyone bully you into feeling anything more than what you feel it has been classified as a roller coaster recently in conversation quite the roller coaster my friend one day you're up then you're down then you're all around one second one hour it's hard i don't love i don't love pity parties i don't love pity parties but what i do acknowledge is acknowledging and recognizing where people are in their journey and honoring that and honoring that. And I do think that some areas like grief and losing loved ones and mourning does deserve a little more empathy. Sympathy. Hey, listen, if that's not how you would process and how you would deal with something, do not project that onto someone else. Like, I listen, chin up. This is life. It is what it is. Keep moving. Like, I didn't cry when somebody passed. I didn't do, like it doesn't matter what what you did or how you process. Everyone's different. So even when we're given that advice and we're operating in a place of, hey, I want to just offer hope to someone. So I'm going to tell them my story. I'm going to tell them my experience. Be mindful that everyone's not going to receive it well. Everyone, what works for me may not work for you. What works for them may not work for me and vice versa. So reality is... That grieving is just as unique as our DNA, as our fingerprints. But the thing that is not a question, in my opinion, is that we are absolutely stronger together. So every conversation that you could have, you'd be surprised how many people have been through similar things. And we could all be sitting around the same table. Picture it. And we've been through a lot of the same things. But because we keep ourselves quiet and we don't speak up and we're not communicating, whether it be from shame, uncomfortability, just not being used to, we don't. But if I I was to be able to say, yeah, I lost a parent. And then my coworker might say, me too. And then my boss might say, hey, me too. And then now we're having this conversation and we're a little bit deeper on the dialogue. And I get it. We want to have work-life balance in some situations, some of us are more private than others. I totally get it, but I can tell you, if you could just find one friend, person that's been through similar, it could really behoove you. It could really benefit you in a lot of ways to be able to find that. Because sometimes, if you're talking to people in your life who've never walked in a similar shoe, man, that could, you want to you want to get pissed off. You want to get pissed off. Talk to someone who who doesn't who couldn't care less. And who has never been through it. Some people, I think, even if you haven't been through something, they, they are built with a certain level of empathy and capability to imagine, to imagine what your scenario could be like. But some people, they just can't get with it. They just can't get with it. And lastly, as I start to wind down here, I think I also want to talk about how when you lose people close to you. The fear that comes in is that this is the pain that I'm experiencing right now. I don't want to feel this again. But then you realize shortly thereafter, you will feel that again. That's terrifying. And that's why my therapist said the goal is to learn to grieve well because it's going to continue to happen. What is grieve well? How, do, how is that even possible? Well, I think it's to see where we're trying to go. It's to be creative, it's to be open, it's to be communicative, it's to seek the resources and help to utilize the tools that are out there and not just stay stuck without a plan, without a hope, without a vision to go forward. The tangible aspect of the relationships that we're not able to call and hang out and text message, any of those things, but you can speak out loud to your loved ones i've done it i do it i did it today say their names speak it i like to keep that alive that's breathing life into the intangible relationship it can still exist sure you get frustrated because you actually want to hug somebody sure you get frustrated because you want to see your phone ring and have their name there you want to hear you want to hear your name in their voice I'm right there with you, totally. But if we can't, and those things are no longer possible, what can we do? What adjustments can we make? How can we expand our healing palate to make our pain a little more tolerable? That, for me, would be the goal. The goal wouldn't be to eliminate, eliminate the pain, to erase, because to me, That's not possible, but if we could just make it a little more tolerable, if it's something that we can digest a little more, something that we can maintain, then to me, that's as good as it might get. Don't paint false hope. I don't know anyone that's lost someone that says that it doesn't affect them ever anymore. It may affect them differently. It'll morph, it'll change, but it's still there. So while it's there, we can look at the pain, look at the grief across the table, look it right in the eye and say, okay, what am I going to do with you? I'm not going to let you bully me. I'm not going to let you steal all the joy from my life. We're going to figure this thing out. We're going to have to make it work. I still have a life that I have to live. Sure, sure, yeah, with some voids, with some holes in it. Been shot up a little bit, but I still want to keep going. I still want to keep going, and I'm going to have to do what I can to do that. So I want to encourage you. Use your voice. Use your mind. Don't let shame get in the way of your healing. Do not let the feeling of feeling as if you are a burden to someone who does not get it, not because they're being mean, but someone that just may not have that capacity. Do not stop there. I want you to pass go. I want you to collect the $200. I want you to find someone that will hear your story, that will honor where you are because you deserve that. You deserve, you deserve that. And I hope that you know that and you're in my prayers continually. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Grieffully Podcast. I truly appreciate you. Leave a review if you feel it so much in your heart to do so. Again, I appreciate you. If you're watching the video, leave us a comment. Let us know your thoughts i appreciate that as well you want to have a conversation with me directly feel free to dm me i'll do my best to get back to everyone but you can't do that if you're not following me over on instagram so make sure you're doing that at i underscore am underscore jay nicole guys so next time you already know love and light peace